Welcome to the Perfectly Preserved Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Gomes. And I'm Anna Cash. Here, we come together to bring you a podcast all about preserving food safely, easily, and dare I say perfectly at home. We are master food preservers, moms, wives, and we love talking about canning. We've decided the world needs a podcast that shares up-to-date, modern, safe information about canning, dehydrating, freezing, freeze-drying, and more. We answer listener questions, teach beginner and intermediate techniques, and share our very best tips for preserving successfully. We'll show you how to find trusted recipes, sources, and more so you never have to second-guess your preserving practices again. Ready to can like a master preserver? Let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Perfectly Preserved Podcast. I'm here with Jenny, my co-host, and today we're going to be talking about how to make preserving relaxing, which is kind of an interesting topic for a podcast episode, but we really wanted to talk about like generational changes you can make in the way that you think about preserving. So Jenny, start us off. Like, Why did we decide on this topic? Because it's so interesting that both of us just loved this topic episode. Yeah. So so we talk a lot about how to preserve and we have some episodes about what to preserve. And this kind of falls under the why, right? And the why for a lot of us can vary, right? Why a lot of us have come to preserving in the first place is different for some of us. The why used to be out of necessity for nearly everyone, right? And so now the why for a lot of us Some of it is necessity. Some of it is for different reasons. And I think that because there's that variation from person to person and home to home and kitchen to kitchen, I think it's important to acknowledge that it can be very stressful to take on this skill of learning to preserve. It's important to acknowledge it can be super stressful. But also, if you are willing to acknowledge that it can be stressful, then that means that it also can become very relaxing. And I think one purpose of this episode is to teach a little bit to our listeners how Anna and I make preserving relaxing for ourselves. And I mean, of course, there's plenty of times where it's stressful for us too. Like, don't don't mistake that. Of course, there's plenty of times where I'm cussing in the kitchen and can't find my knife or can't find the cutting board that I like and, you know, things are overboiling and whatever else. (laughs) But I think with experience comes wisdom sometimes, right? And we just got really excited to, to share the ideas that we have about creating a relaxing preservation practice that not only fills your pantry shelves with delicious jars, but is also like a therapeutic and really sensory awesome experience. And we started talking about it because that's one of the key takeaways of the Smart Home Canning Retreat, which Anna is hosting in beautiful Utah, beautiful Camas, Utah on September 7th through the 10th. And you are all encouraged to check out getting tickets at smarthomecanning.com. But that is one of the things that she's going to be teaching is how to make canning and preserving a relaxing experience and not some stressful, uh, nerve-wracking, high-paced, terrible thing. So yeah, that's that's what we're talking about. Is how do we make this like really fun and and relaxing and like a zen experience and not some stressful, terrible, awful thing? Yeah. 
And and it's because in the past, I mean, it has been a very stressful thing. A lot of people that I talk to, and I'm sure Jenny talks to, just remember times when their parents or their mom were in the kitchen preserving and they're sweating and they're stressed out. And, you know, maybe they haven't allocated the right amount of time for the project that they're doing, or they had to go dig in the basement to find what they needed. All of those factors maybe subliminally, like made you think you didn't want to preserve because it just didn't look fun. It didn't look relaxing or cool. Totally. And so Jenny and I are really going to dive into how to make, how to make it a great experience yeah. both for yourself and possibly for even your kids that might see you or be helping you in the kitchen. Totally. So one thing that I thought of that I've, of course, like before we start these episodes, I always jot down notes of what Anna and I are going to talk about. And then I always like think of things I want to say on the fly. <laughs> uh, but the but something I wanted to mention too. So when I was in college, I worked at Joanne's Fabrics and I got a lot of novice sewers coming in all the time, customers, and I sew uh, comfortably and well. And the thing that I notice about sewing that is also true about canners is that for those that are novices, it it's like becomes a self-perpetuating cycle for those who are new, who don't ever get comfortable with the process. It just persists in being new and persists in being uncomfortable and persists in being stressful because they don't do it enough. So if you never get your sewing machine out and you never get comfortable threading it, and you never have your canning pot, you know, your jar lifter handy, and you never get comfortable enough using it, and you only do it twice a year, well, then you're never going to, it's never going to be fun. It's never going to be comfortable. It's never going to become second nature. And I know it's really hard in everyone's busy life to learn a new skill. But I would just say that one way, and I mean, really, like, probably the most important way to make it a relaxing experience is to commit to getting more familiar with the process. And by doing that, you have to do it like a couple times a week for a couple weeks in a row. I mean, maybe this summer is your summer and I really hope it is so that you can be familiar with the process. Because if you're not, if you're only doing it like two or three times a summer, you're never going to feel comfortable doing it. And it's just like pulling a sewing machine out every Halloween and just you know, saying a Hail Mary, hopefully I can sew a, sew a costume this year. Well, then it's going to be, it's, it's going to be stressful, right? Like if that's, yes, that is, uh, that's also, that's how people go to Joanne's as they, you know, the once a year sewers hoping to sew a Renaissance costume with 45 pieces every Halloween. That's a very real example. But anyway, I just hope to impart to you listeners, if this is your summer, you're listening right now and you're like, okay, I really want to learn this. Then set aside some time and Tell yourself you're going to do it every couple days for a couple weeks, and then you'll be you'll be amazed how good you are already. But it does take some repetition to get the hang of it. That is such a good point, Jenny. I'm glad you brought repetition into it because you're so right. Like, how often have you tried something once and you're like, "That was really hard. I'm not going to do it again." And then your whole life you think that it's really hard, but once you do it enough. Like right now I've, I've done enough sewing that I'm comfortable rethreading my serger. I'm comfortable like hemming a pair of pants, like that kind of stuff doesn't intimidate me anymore. Whereas before I would just have to ask my mom to do it or somebody else, you know? Right. So yeah. So that repetition is so important. 
I also would add like having all of your canning supplies in one place so you don't have to go hunting for them. Yes. This also makes it like a more pleasurable experience. There's nothing worse than having, say, ripe produce on your counter. You know that it's going to go bad in a couple of days and you're Mm -hmm. trying to find your jar lifter or your funnel or whatever, whatever tool you need. Just keeping it all in one place is so important. I have a friend who puts all of her supplies in her canning pot and puts it in her storage room. So when she's going to can, she has her jolly lifters in there. She has her funnel. She has her thermometer, whatever, the racks that she needs. And it's all just right there. Genius. So that's a great tip. So yeah, have all of your stuff together. If you need to get started gathering your supplies, we have a great episode of all the canning equipment that you need. It's early on in our lineup. It might be the very first episode. It's a good one. So in thinking about how to make canning creative, I think one thing that you can consider is how there is lots of room for making creative adjustments and exploring new and exciting flavor combinations that you can't get in stores or just preserving things that you can't readily get in stores, like you don't normally get like quince jam, for example, in stores. But there's lots of room for creativity, adding spices, adding flavors, adding essential oils. We have an episode about how to safely alter canning recipes if you want to learn more about that. But there's lots of room for creativity, which of course can be inherently relaxing. Yeah, I think that's great. I mean, when I I just finished a market two weeks ago, I believe. And when people came into my booth, they were like, oh, like these are really interesting flavor combinations. Like you just don't see these at the store or at even at a specialty market. You know, you you have the right. opportunity in your home to make adjustments. We have an episode more about the safe adjustments you can make in your canning recipes. And it's yeah, just revisit that episode. It's a great episode. So Anna, tell the tell the listeners, just give some examples of the types of jams that you had for sale that were just not, you know, Smucker's grape jelly that you can't get in stores. Sure. So I do some pepper jellies like pineapple habanero. I do blackberry jalapeno, peach jalapeno. And then on the sweeter side, I will do strawberry coconut or strawberry rose, blueberry lemon, mm. a coconut lime jelly. Yeah, just some like that. I mean... And it's not like groundbreaking, but it's just a little bit different and it makes people stop and go, oh, yeah, I want that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So another way that we think that preserving can be really relaxing is that it can really reduce anxiety around food allergies and or just knowing the ingredients and the source around what's in your food. I like to say that like your canning jars are clear metaphorically and literally like you you can have the control to know exactly where you get the blueberries or exactly where you get the meat or exactly where you get the ingredients, how it's prepared, how it's stored. You can have total control. And for some people that can really feel really, really good. And it can be actually really important if you have someone in your life that has some pretty serious allergies that can relieve a lot of that anxiety and it can be relaxing to have that much knowledge about the food that you're preserving and then eating. And then of course, on the heels of COVID, it can give you a lot of comfort to know 
that you have some control over your food security. That can be very relaxing as well. Just to know that that you know how to preserve food. Just knowing like, oh, well, I, I could preserve stuff. It, Anna and I had said this uh, when we recorded another episode that COVID was unsettling for many, many reasons. But Anna nor I were worried about just stocking our pantry shelves. You know, I feel like I could can anything, not to be extreme, but like I probably I could, I could yeah. preserve probably anything, right? So just having that knowledge can help reduce anxieties. Yeah, and and it really does help alleviate stress. Like if you have to. Oh, I don't know. Sometimes like when you lose a job, there's a gap between maybe when your next paycheck is and just knowing that you have food in the pantry that's preserved. It it just reduces that stress. Right. So Jenny, let's talk about like our methods and like our kind of modus operandi, like, yeah. like what we do on any given time when we go to preserve. Yes. Okay. So I asked Anna to tell me, I was like, tell me exactly what you do when you are canning and it's so relaxing. And everything she said is almost exactly the (laughs) same as what I do, except for I don't usually have music going. I have to almost have like a terrible murder podcast going. That's the only difference is she has like a great playlist of music and I have to have like a killer psyche (laughs) podcast or something, something equally grim. Dateline. (laughs) <laughs> That's the only difference. <laughs> so the how, so the how are we canning so that it feels relaxing? So the first thing was that we have smaller batches or if you have a big batch, invite a friend. So it's managing the amount of work so that it, it fits within the time frame. And part of that comes with experience, just knowing like, do I have enough time to do, to work up all this fruit? One thing that I know I do that helps with managing that time is that I think, well, can I like peel these peaches today and then can them tomorrow or chop all this, all these vegetables for salsa today and then can it tomorrow. I do a lot of prep work one day and then can the next. And the prep work can be very relaxing if you know that you're not canning at the same day. You don't have to have this big chunk of uninterrupted time if you're breaking the task into smaller chunks. And also it can be relaxing if you have help. I think that is really, really helpful. I have a, I have a friend named Emily that I've canned with a lot. And she and I both, I mean, like my husband says, we're terrible influences on each other because we both <laughs> tend to like, we buy gigantic batches of things and think, oh yeah, we have an hour and 45 minutes. Let's try and do something that takes a normal person three hours and we'll just hurry and do it really quickly. And we tend to really overextend. <laughs> And I wouldn't say it's relaxing. It's certainly fun. So I would say having a friend tackle a large batch is certainly a great idea, but managing the batch size is really important. Anna, do you have any tips for managing your batch size or like making the size of the batch um, fun or relaxing? I think it just comes with practice. Like you said, like once you do it enough, then you know exactly Uh, approximately like how long it takes to do something. So like, I know that I will not start a batch of jam if I have to go pick up my son in 10 minutes from school, like it's just not manageable. And there are different variables in people's lives, right? Like some people work full time and the only time they have to preserve is either early in the morning or late at night. 
Some people have kids and you just have to figure out when it works in your schedule and really set aside and and give yourself a a buffer, like give yourself an extra 30 minutes. If you think it's going to take an hour, set aside an hour and a half or, you know, just, just be gentle to yourself as far as time management goes. Right. I think giving yourself extra time that that makes things so much less stressful because if you, if you're like, ah, is this going to be done in time? That, that is really stressful because, because canning is so time bound, you know, right. If you're canning correctly, you can't just like, ah, I'm just going to turn off the stove five minutes early and just process for not enough minutes. It's, it's not like just having underdone cookies, right? You can't finish early. So that is what ends up being stressful. Yeah. So it is really important to give yourself extra time. I think that's a great point. Yeah. So Anna and I both say like clear the calendar and that has to do with the time management. So like don't have something important that you're going to do immediately after, you know, and give yourself time, have something enjoyable to listen to and the clean kitchen, start with clean counters, have your tools out. Anna mentioned having all of your canning tools in one spot. If you're new to canning, review your recipe and review like the whole process again. Like, do I have the ladle? Do I have my new lids? Do I have the rings? Do I have like, make sure you have everything right there. So it's ready when you are. And just having everything ready, washed already for you will make the whole process a lot more enjoyable. Have a glass of iced tea, a glass of water, a cold beer, whatever it is that you like to drink, a hot coffee. I like to do things in the morning sometimes. So sometimes I'm drinking a hot drink. But just like having your workspace set up can make the whole experience so much more relaxing. And I was laughing before we started recording about if my workspace, my tiny kitchen, I can in a very small kitchen. I've And I've had this kitchen for 13, uh, yeah, 13 years. I've canned and learned to can in this minuscule kitchen. <laughs> and if it is not clean, I am mad the whole time. It is the opposite of relaxing. It is stressful the whole time. So. I just can't emphasize enough. Just clean your space before you begin so that you have enough room. You don't get confused or misplace your tools. It's really important to have a clean workspace. Yeah. There's a French culinary phrase called mise en place, and it means putting in place or gather. And they use it in professional kitchens. And and really, it just means gathering your tools. I even set them up almost like a surgeon sometimes Yeah, because it's easy to have things just right exactly where you need them won't have to be turning around to grab something when you need it. Like it's just right there in front of you. And that really alleviates stress for me is just having things ready. The other thing that Jenny kind of talked about, she likes to have murder podcasts. (laughs) I love to have a good Spotify playlist. So I created my own Spotify playlist. You can check it out. Uh, I think it's called music for canning or something like that. And it's on Spotify. You can download it. Great. It's just like a bunch of like hillbilly old music, but I think I'm going to make a series of them because I really like having different types of music. Oh, that's amazing. Great. Love that. I mean, I do listen to music sometimes, but sometimes just having like something, I don't know. Sometimes I just want to listen to some scary story. A story. A story where I know the bad guy's already (laughs) caught. I have to know, I have to know that the bad guy's not out there still. Otherwise I can't hang. So one other thing that we wanted to mention that helps make preserving really relaxing is just just the idea that 
the end result is going to be delicious. So I think Anna and I are fairly unique in the preserving space in that our goal is not just purely food in jars. Okay. We're not only focused on just putting food, any food in any jar. Okay. We love, 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 love good food. I think I speak for Anna fairly when we say we love canning stuff that's delicious and we love that the food that we preserve is better than what you can get in stores. And that is something that can't be overstated. That is something that I love about canning and preserving and preserving your own food and and getting stuff really fresh and, and preserving it ourselves. That is part of the draw. That's part of the why. And I mean, does that make us a foodie? I don't know. I guess that is what that means. (laughs) So not only do we care about it being safe, but I I think that is part of why we care about it being relaxing too, because it's so sensory, like cutting up a million like delicious smelling apricots. Like that is just like, you just kind of zone out and like, think about whatever you got to think about. Like it's, it can be really therapeutic, I think. (laughs) <laughs> or washing all the apples or all that prep work can be really tactile and therapeutic and it just smells amazing and cooking your jam and stirring your stuff. I mean, it, it can be really great. And I think that is one thing that we, that makes us unique, I guess, in the space is that we're not just like, we just aren't interested in just putting whatever into jars and just eating like gloopy junk. (laughs) Right, Anna? Like we just, we want good food, not just food, right? Yeah. There's nothing worse than making some, a big batch of something and then it not turning out. And, and I think that's really what Jenny and I want to encourage you to do is like small batches of experimental things, right? Mm -hmm. So that you find like recipes that you love that excite you and you feel like so excited to share with a friend or so stoked to feed your kids and impress your mother-in-law or or whatever the case is that you can like be excited about it so that it feels like a thing that you were happy to spend your time doing. So yeah, I think that I think that if you approach it like from that mindset of like this is going to be so delicious, that can help slow you down and help you put more creativity and excitement into it. I've mentioned this before, but I'm in some of these like some of these Facebook groups that are more they're called like rebel canning groups and the vibe there is really like like people trying to preserve an enormous quantity of food and it seems like i'm making really broad blanket statements here that there is no interest in it being delicious or tasty at all and only interest in volume it is it is an interesting thing to see people trying to be like their own one woman factory. They're trying to factory preserve just like as many potatoes in jars as possible with no thought of like, is this going to taste good? And like, no, it seems like nobody cares. I don't know. I feel like I'm the only person in these weird groups. (laughs) That's like, what are you going to do with these like mushy potatoes? So anyway, and also I bring that up because it feels like that doesn't seem relaxing. It seems terrible to spend like, I don't know, these people post and they're like, oh, I spent two days canning 4,000 jars of potatoes. I'm like, God, that's great. But that seems terrible. That does not seem fun to me. Anyway, that's a long way around. But (laughs) (laughs) I think if you have a focus on what's going to be delicious and awesome and 
smell good and be fragrant and have a great texture, then that can be relaxing as well. What other tips do you have, Anna? Well, I was just going to say that you can change your feelings about and around preserving. Like if you had a negative experience growing up, you can absolutely rewire your brain and change the way that you feel about it by making good memories. And that can involve, you know, the tactile way that cucumbers feel in your hand as you're like putting them in jars and the smell of apricot jam wafting through your house and you know, your kids opening up a jar of peaches and really enjoying them, you know, like there are so many different ways that you can go about your life. And I feel like just changing your mindset about preserving can make it so much more enjoyable. Ah, I love that. So that's why you are the right person, Anna, to be teaching this type of preserving this whole ethos at the Smart Home Canning Retreat, which is happening this year on September 7th through the 10th at beautiful Camas, Utah. You guys have a beautiful Airbnb home booked and there are tickets still available, right? Yes. And people can buy tickets at smarthomecanning.com. I think that's what makes you the right teacher for for this type of retreat. You're gonna teach people not only how to preserve safely, correctly, all the different methods of canning, but you're going to teach them to love it. They're going to love canning when they're done with you. That's what's so awesome about it. So if our listeners out there are interested in learning to love, yes, go to smarthomecanning.com and get your ticket for the Smart Home Canning Retreat. Yeah. And there, it's a really small retreat. Some retreats have you know, a hundred people, this is, there's only 12 spots available and somebody has already purchased a ticket. So there's only 11 now. And so you really get one-on-one hands-on time in the kitchen while we're preserving and you can ask anything, you know, and I, I just really want the vibe and the, and the way that you feel when you're there to be relaxing and educational and fun. Mm. Okay. I love it. I love it. Thank you for sharing all this, Anna. And I hope this helps all of our listeners have a relaxing preservation experience. That's our show. We don't want you to miss an episode, so please be sure to subscribe. If you found this episode helpful and informative, please give our show a rating and review. It only takes a few seconds and it really helps our show grow. Follow us on social media at Smart Home Canning and at The Domestic Wildflower. Email your preserving questions to perfectlypreservedpodcast at gmail.com and we will do our best to answer your questions on the show. Thanks so much for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode released every week.